0: Okay, we are live. Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates on today's show of two very special guests. One is Brian McCullough. We've done two shows in the past. One was about Bill Gates and the other was kind of the ideas of the elites. And he followed up with me and said, hey, we should do a show on the World Economic Forum, the WEF. And I agreed. It's a very important topic. And joining us today is another researcher named Jeremy Stone. So it's going to be Brian McCullough and Jeremy Stone. I'm going to play a few videos into the record just to kind of get started and get some background because a lot of it has happened and has is happening and i think that it's important to see the wef in the news Um, i tried to find a clip about a canadian i think it was an intel agent who said the wef has infiltrated the canadian government it's very dangerous but here's a here's a clip of the canadian legislature guy asking about who's a member of the wef and they won't answer it. Well, uh, listen to this, this is amazing. So let's try again. The Honorable, the, the, let's the let's honorable Member for James James Bates. questions and comments. Uh, the Honorable Member for Oshawa. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. And I listened to my colleague's speech. I had a constituent that wanted me to ask a question about outside interference to our democracy. Klaus Schwab is the head of the World Economic Forum, and he bragged how his subversive WWEF, World Economic Forum, has quoted infiltrated governments around the world. He said that his organization had penetrated more than half of Canada's cabinet. I was wondering, in the interest of transparency, could the member please name which cabinet ministers are on board with the WEF's agenda? My concern is the deputy. Uh, order, order, order! I, I know it was. I know that uh, the member was in a, a really good, good question there, but the the, the audio is really, really bad, and the video is really, really bad as well. Um, and I and I and I apologize. I don't know if if the member. Okay, uh, let's let's uh, let's try again. The honourable the, the, the honourable member for Timothy James Bay, Mr. Speaker, that member is promoting. Open disinformation. That's not debate. We have to call up disinformation. Uh, We're we'll going to get into debate again. Uh, the honourable member, uh, questions and comments. The honourable member for Lambton Ken Middlesex. Thank you, Mr. Speaker, and and I'm just thank you to my honourable colleague for her speech. Uh, I'd like to ask her specifically because you talked about how this this uh, piece of legislation. We are very
1: proud of now the young generation, like uh, Prime Minister Trudeau um president of of Argentina and so on so we penetrate the cabinets. So yesterday I was at a reception for Prime Minister Trudeau, and I would know that half of this cabinet or even more half of uh, half of this cabinet are for our actually young noble leaders of the world.
0: Right, so that's one. So global leaders of the world is another one. This is George Soros just uh, yesterday talking about the civilization. So they're all on board with the conflict with Russia.
2: Mm -hmm. The world has been increasingly engaged in a struggle between two systems of governance that are diametrically opposed to each other, open society, and closed society. Let me define the difference as simply as I can. In an open society, the rule of the, of, of the state is to protect the freedom of the individual. In a closed society, the role of the individual is to serve the rulers.
0: This guy is a literal Nazi collaborator by his own admission. Uh, He's that old. His real name is Georgie Schwartz. It was one of the strangest things ever as a Jewish guy collaborating with the Nazis, which is something that makes your brain blow up. Um, But he is full of baloney. He has supported a lot of these DAs in cities around the United States who really don't follow the law. They're very activist and uh, ignore a lot of stuff so this is not a good person and here he is at the wef so this this is just a bunch of he's terrible he's a terrible uh pestilential person this happened very recently this was alex stein of conspiracy castle confronting a wef member dan Crenshaw. a lot of people didn't know this when this guy was running for congress Uh, i spoke to alex stein a couple times you can go over and listen to this but this caused a huge kind of kerfluffle. like uh in the alternate media there was kind of well, a I'm lot of here. you're giving Ukraine all this money and, a, and a red flag laws too dad that's ridiculous hey dad why are you on the world economic forum young global leader world economic forum
2: young global leader hey what's number you got number number dad hey dad world economic forum young
0: global leader hey dad So that was that was it. I mean, there were some things. Dan, and this is kind of a lame repost by Dan Crenshaw on the Insider. He says Alex Stein is a far right activist, which I don't know if there's any proof of that. He's definitely an activist, but angry. Compared him to angry little boys who can't get girlfriends. That's <laughs> so lame. Wow. I think they. And then they said it's a major. World Economic Forum is a major target of online conspiracy theorists, and that's kind of another rubric. Whenever somebody results to start. Name calling conspiracy theorists, they're not never addressing the facts, so we're going to get some facts into the record. So, sorry for that kind of long intro. But, Brian McCullough and Jeremy Stone, Stone, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Can you guys do a little bit of background and kind of, yeah, can you do a little bit of background and kind of talk about your interest in the WF and what kind of the what is the dub? Simple questions What's the WEF? Who is Klaus Schwab, etc.? For sure. Yeah, I've
1: absolutely. got a real quick thing. I'll I'll run this thing down, Jeremy. I'll let you jump right in after this. Just Forum Swiss Nonprofit Foundation in Geneva, Switzerland. Formation uh, January nineteen seventy one as the European Management Forum. It changed the WEF. Uh, they are, quote, committed to improving the state of the world by engaging business, political, academic, and other leaders of society to shape global, regional, and industry agendas. And its annual meeting at the end of January is in Davos. So go ahead, Jeremy. I know you got better descriptions than that.
2: Yeah. So uh, basically all the information that I have gathered is directly from their website. And so... You know, it's funny because you read those articles where it says, you know, all these conspiracy theories or whatever. It's it's just junk, man. Like if you go to their website, it literally tells you all of their plans, all their agendas, what they're about, who they are, their plan for global gov- governance. And uh yeah, man, Brian's right. Like basically what their intention is, is uh, it's an international organization for pu- uh, public private cooperation. The forum engages in the foremost political business cultural and the leaders of society to shape global, regional and industry industry agendas. So that's directly from their website. And um, I, I found my interest personally in the WEF because I just started noticing all the things that are going on around us right now. And I had heard from another podcast, you know, somebody mentioned the WEF and was laying out some of their, their agendas that they had stated. And then, You know, I'm looking at everything that that's going on around us right now that is big with all these, you know, poultry uh, factories burning down, all the food processing plants burning down. Um, The Ontario, uh, Ontario, Canada just made the world's largest grasshopper um, facility basically to use it for uh, industrial use in foods uh, because part of their agenda is and it's on their website. You can look it up is uh, they want to bring the world into a plant-based diet specifically to cut carbon emissions, you know, supposedly uh, produced by human beings. You know, they want us to get away from meat because, you know, the cows and whatever they, they produce, you know, they help contribute to global warming, quote unquote. Um, So yeah, some of these things that I just saw happening around us, I could, I can literally take it all and bring it all back to the World Economic Forum. They they are the face of global governance.
0: Right, I think you're right. And it's kind of an end around on sovereignty. So it's not a direct conflict with sovereignty. It's an infiltration advice or advisement organization that makes changes within that getting their own people in, almost like Schwab. And here's like a picture from the World Economic Forum. Schwab is saying you have to accept things like eating meat and property ownership which is full on, no property ownership, which is full on communism too, which should scare the living daylights out of people. Um, but yeah, so they really, I mean, in Switzerland, I've done a show with uh, Chris of Wolfpack Radio or Wolfpack uh, Research. And it's, so Switzerland is really kind of a nexus of this kind of world government ideas. Well, thanks. Yeah, and all yeah and all the banks and Davos and Stern. all these wealthy families that support these kind of groups or who finance world economic form etc large do you know what their there you go yeah the foundation of LSD which was a disaster you know which went all the way around the world um what, what do you know how they're financed the world economic Forum?
2: uh so they I they know. have like about oh you, go ahead brother you go.
1: No, you're good. Go go right ahead.
2: I was going to say, I didn't get the names of the the, the stakeholders in uh, the WEF, but I do know that there's about a hundred of them. And there are definitely some suspicions on who may be funding them, such as the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. They are a part of the the World Economic Forum. They work hand in hand with them, and they work hand in hand with the uh, John Hopkins uh, University for – uh, virus studies uh, or health security and you know the B- Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation has their hands in everything they really do and I think that they're probably one of the number one contribut- contributors to the WEF because everything that they believe in and that they're pushing are the same exact goals that the, the World Economic Forum wants you know that they're trying to achieve so
1: and I was going to say the right, same Bill right. and Melinda Gates In the past, they got their money in the CDC, they got their money in Pfizer, they got their money in farmland. John Hopkins, like you mentioned, Vaccine Act, uh, modeling consortium, you know, it would be uh, no stretch at all to assume that they're just burying money in the WEF as well, you know, um,
0: yeah, for sure. Right, to really continue their agenda, right, this agenda.
1: Right. Oh, exactly. And you've got Klaus Schwab saying things like the pandemic represents a rare but narrow window of opportunity to reflect, reimagine, and of course reset that world, you mm-hmm. know, so that you, you kind of always have these lingering quotes of, of these things from previous years that really tie into you know you'll see uh when that what they're talking about in the davos 2018 is going to be very relevant in 2021 it's just kind of like the tabletop event 201 became you know it was october I think of 19 and then by by march 2020 you know every every part of the tabletop exercise already you know plan out just the way they had planned so and we're seeing everywhere we look oh, yeah it's not, coming into view right yeah. oh yeah uh Klaus swap globalization 4.0 has only just begun but we are already back prepared for it that was the world economic annual meeting uh 2018
2: Yep, and i got a bunch of quotes too from their website to to, to like prove straight from the horse's mouth that this is none of this is a conspiracy it's it's all fact. And it's funny because, you know, the media, like we were talking about, will go ahead and throw that conspiracy theory claim out there to kind of discredit everything that everyone's exposing about them. And then you can just go to their website and figure out that it's all true, you know?
0: Right. So they they put it out, they promote it themselves. And their propaganda, it's a propaganda as an element of all this stuff. You're going to be, you know, have no property and be happy. You're going to, you know, you don't even need a happy he life. Bugged. Your life doesn't have to be meaningful. I mean, it's really a very, it's almost like when you read that, their propaganda, it's almost like somebody created
2: a fake meme. It's so disturbing. Yeah. Yeah. I I have a quote here from uh, the World Economic Forum that uh, it it pretty much states their global agenda. And if you don't mind, I'd like to read it for you just because we can go in many directions off of this. So. It says, uh, straight from the website site, you know, quote unquote global governance is a means to manage issues that cut across national borders, whether it is a pandemic, a financial crisis, climate change, or geo economic disputes, though traditionally centered on diplomacy and international organizations, a wide variety of public and private actors now engage in cross border governance. The work itself expanded well beyond treaty making to include formal and informal monitoring, standard setting, enforcement, and financing. Effective governance is essential to secure peaceful, healthy, and prosperous societies. Particularly now amid COVID-19, worsening uh, ecological crises Um, Mounting geopolitical tensions and growing nationalists against globalization.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I've got some fire power as well as pandemic and great lockdown continue. Countries have now deployed trillion to help people and firms get through this, which is one trillion more in April of 2020. So they're just burning money, you know, anywhere they can. I mean, it's, it's almost no, uh, you know, a fiat collapse as part of the, you know, we talk about the sustainable development, you know, and, uh, they always use these zero hunger, poverty, and all these selling points, right? But then they don't tell you that it's like going to move everybody into smart cities, you know, out of rural areas, you know. And so there's just so much that factors in, and there's tentacles that like stretch every direction and just reach in and, and pull everything towards it, it up, you know, farm, gobble it up, you know, leave nothing for anyone. Now, of course, you know, even as simple as, uh, you know, uh, Farmers not being grazed their grass feed cattle because all the land around them has been bought up and just uh, they're forced, you know, to either raise prices, you know, and uh, that's in the middle of just surging prices everywhere already. You know, and I just have right. to get continue forward at that rate, you know, and just gobbling up until there's nothing left for any of us. And of course, we'll own nothing right, because there's nothing left. Home.
0: Right. They're going to take it. These are huge movements like there's BlackRock is associated with the World Economic Forum. They're buying up housing and yeah. artificially increasing the cost. Bill Gates just like got in a headbutting uh, contest with I think it was South Dakota for buying too much farmland. They said you can, you're buying too much. This is very strange. So very profound. Yeah, they're going to have to like, prove
1: what their intentions are. Right. Yeah, I was just reading that they're Good. they're wanting them to prove what their intentions with this land is and then if they they can't prove it they may be forced to like relinquish it. I,
0: yep.
1: I, I was how yeah, that was going to turn out.
0: Right, but that's the way they can artificially inc- and manipulate prices. There's all kinds of weird things happening with the food supply right now that are in line with the WEF. So you see this event agenda is rolling out. It's really incredible. Oh maybe. yeah you and they see little pieces of it. yeah, yeah.
2: yeah it's pretty wild and you can like I said like you can look at all the things going on around us right now and, and and truly trace it all back to the world economic Forum because they tell you exactly what their agendas are and um it's funny that you brought up uh George Soros being a Nazi because George Sor- Soros and Klaus Schwab are close friends but also George uh Klaus Schwab and um Henry Kissinger are also very, very close friends. They actually met at school. Yeah, they, they met at the same co- uh, college. And all three of them have actual Nazi ties because Klaus Schwab's father, um, his name was Eugene. I don't know. Do you guys know anything about nope. Klaus Schwab's father? Nope. Okay. So Klaus Schwab's father was um, – his name is Eugene Schwab. And uh, Klaus Robbs Eugene and, and his wife moved to uh, Ravensburg, Germany during the Third Reich in order for Eugene to assume the position director of a company called EscherWise AG. And what Escher Wise AG did was, uh, they were, a, first of all, they were a member of a national socialist, a national socialist organization. And his company made things like flamethrowers for the Nazis and heavy water turbines to produce nuclear weapons for the Nazis. And after his father stepped down, Klaus Schwab actually took that over for a short short period of time. And Hmm. that company helped, uh, you know, nations like South, South Africa uh, gain um, nuclear weapons. So they don't have many as far as I know, but the reason why South Africa even has nuclear weapons is because of this company called Escherwise. And uh, yeah and, and honestly like you can tell that you know being a National Socialist Party they wanted the whole world right and, and Nazi Germany, they wanted the whole world to fall under their rule for global socialism and that's exactly what the WEF is doing. So I feel like by proxy, Klaus Schwab is a Nazi. He might not, I don't know what he holds to in terms of the Jews or anything like that, you know, but their plan is the same in the sense of this one world government where everything is owned by them. Everybody's going to rent everything off of them. You know, there's just so much to it. But I, I see the ties and I feel like by proxy, he's, he's basically a Nazi.
0: His Naziistic For ideas. Sure. I mean, like the slaves, yeah. like, I mean, Nazism was a huge slave state, right? Right. They had all kinds of work farms, work camps. If they didn't kill people off in the Holocaust, they had them working on, you know, making armaments and stuff. And I think that's kind of it. It's kind of a neo feudal slavery that uh, I think the Nazis would be very proud of, is what really what the WEF's plan is. And you see that on this picture right now. Like, this looks like it's fake. It looks like somebody made this crazy. Uh mean, but here it says it's right on there. Ida Alkin, member of Parliament Den- Par- Parliament Denmark. Welcome to 2030. I own nothing, have no privacy. Life has never been better. That's, incredible. That's pure yeah. propaganda.
2: Yeah, and if you go to their website too, it they actually and I found it first on YouTube, but it, it like every time I type in the same title, it never shows that video first anymore. But it did when I looked at it, and then I went to their website and found the same thing. It's called Eight Predictions for the World in 2030. And the first thing it says is you will own nothing and be happy. And then it goes into all like eight of their plan or predicted plans or accomplishments they want by 2030. It's pretty wild, man. And
0: I've done another show where I looked into his, there it is. 20 prediction, eight prediction. Let me put this up. <clears throat> I've looked into his stuff. He definitely has an agenda with timelines and things when things were supposed to be achieved. So He's not just thinking, he's thinking about implementation or W.E.F. Schwab is thinking about implementing all the stuff, right? There's pictures of Schwab There's with Trump, too. So if you think that this is like right. the right is on your side on this, uh, you need to get rid of the kind of left-right paradigm when you look at the W.F. It's really about us and them. It's not about the yeah. political party.
2: Absolutely. It's funny that you uh you brought that up, too, about how they, they have this timeline because one of Klaus Schwab's uh, right-hand man is Yuval Noah and I don't know yeah, I, a lot Uval, of
0: Yuval Noah Harari is his name yeah.
2: yes thank you I didn't want to butcher his last name but uh it's okay. it's right, yeah. yeah he um I just saw a video right before we even came on here he was you know it was like a pro Davos YouTube video or whatever this girl was uh interviewing him and he says and it's a long quote so i don't you know i'll try to just break it down without having to read the whole thing but uh he basically says that we are already at the point says we're almost there to be able to uh understand this current arms race and which is basically an imperial arms race which may lead very soon to the creation of uh collected data data models you need to uh yeah basically what he was saying is if you can collect all the data, you don't have to go into a country to fight the war because mm. you don't have to send soldiers there because you can know absolutely everything about them. And he goes on to say that um, you know that that's on like a little like a shallow level, but they're one of their biggest goals and it's called it, it falls under the the title of uh, the Fourth Industrial Revolution, which some would claim would be like the Fourth Reich, basically. And I think Brian mentioned it earlier. One of the other names is, uh, what is it? Revel, oh, uh, the 4.0.
1: Oh, okay. That's, uh, of course, I've covered that up. Globalization
2: 4.0. Yeah. It, yeah. So they call it by a few different names. But he goes on to say, oh, okay. um, but on a, He says, uh, on a much broader and deeper perspective, I think it's really going to shape the future of humanity and the future of itself because the new technologies will give some uh, corporations and governments the ability to hack human beings. There is a lot to talk about, he says, and he goes on to say, uh, hacking computers, smartphones, bank accounts, emails, but the the really big thing is hacking human beings. To hack human beings, you need a lot of biological knowledge, a lot of computing power, and especially a lot of data. If you have enough data about uh, about me, quote unquote, and enough um, computing power and biological knowledge, you can hack my body, my brain, my life. You can reach a point where you know me better than I know myself. And then he goes on to say, and once you reach that point, and we are very close to that point, Then the democracy, the free market act, actually all political systems, also authoritarian um, regimes, we have, he says, we have no idea what happens once we reach that point. He says, whoever wins this arm race, because they're all have that same goal, they're just waiting to see who gets there first, right? So in this technological arms race, he says that it's really going to change the life of humans, animals, and new types of entities. Wow one yeah, of their biggest goals
1: have a, uh, go ahead Jeremy.
2: Oh uh, yeah just to finish the point uh one of their biggest goals within the fourth industrial revolution which was also which was created by Klaus Schwab himself is to merge with biotechnology um, human beings and machines like a cyborg oh, and that and that exactly transhumanism in, in the early
1: Yep, is the tipping points. You know, we kind of went over a few of these the other day, Jeremy. Just uh I'll jump in at 2018, right? Storage for all. Okay. And that's digital storage. 2022, the internet of things, wearable internet, 3D printing, manufacturing, right? <clears throat> then when you get to 2023. Your implantable technology, big data for decisions, vision, new interface, right? So, some wearable on the face technology there. 2024, 3 printing for human health and the fully connected home. 2025, 3D printing for human health at the consumer rate, AI and white. Uh, 2026, driverless cars, AI decision in the smart cities and full effect. And then 2027, Bitcoin and the change tipping point. So that's kind of exactly, you know, they they need each one of those to spill over in the next so we can start reaching closer to that tipping point. That one is going to spill into the next and then, you know, of course, by 2027 it sounds like they're hope to be completely ca- cashless. You know, they'll have a the tracing, the taxing on all the Venmos and the Cash Apps, and you sell your friend a car, you know, for $500, and, you know, whatever, that he writes something different on the title. You can't sell your buddy a gun like in Tennessee, you know, with a just a bill sale. And then that's between you guys, you know, all those little things that were creeping through the cracks for all these with cash. That's why cash is king, right? Uh, You know, those, those days are done and you've seen, they're already starting to uh, tax people differently. If they think they're using cash app to run like a lawnmower business or a lemonade stand.
0: Right. Right. I mean, it's very sinister too, because they're changing people's, Sensibility. Ownership is sovereignty. So whenever you own something, you're sovereign against the state. But if you move into a model of cashlessness and service, like you're paying a monthly fee, it's just a new form of tyranny. It's a new form of communist. It's not pure communism, but it's something where the state controls you. You're in the beast system. And when they like, oh, Harari says there's no free will. He says very profound philosophical things. Uh, No free will. Man Mm -hmm. is a hackable animal. You know, it's almost like a neo-Darwinism. And when you put all that stuff together, it's going to be this is like this is the sugar coating of one of the most vicious tyrannies, global tyrannies humanity has ever seen and is totally in line with the book of Revelation. Right. Would you guys agree with that?
2: Absolutely. This is the that see the Bible doesn't tell you exactly how mechanically the new world order is going to happen. Right. But we can see and connect the dots to see, like in the world mechanically, how biblical pro- prophecy is being fulfilled. God's allowing this stuff to happen, of course. But, you know, in the Bible, it doesn't give you point by point on how this is all going to emerge. But we can see it with the evidence that's produced by the world.
0: It, it's right.
1: true. I mean, I'm imagine this- that bright. Oh, sure. oh, go ahead, William.
0: No, I was just I was, just, just, just going yeah. to.
1: I was just going to read that Breitbart article again. We did cover it last time, but it's to play right in that famine, flood, floods, pestilence, drought, plague, war, wars. These are the things that plague our nation. Eve of destruction. Klaus Schwab pledges the world can find salvation at Davos 2020. So they know exactly what they're saying. They know who they're speaking to. They know that the main people listening are the, you know, they're, they're not the ones that are buying into it. And so. Uh, I wonder, you know, are they do they send us on these rat races and give us these little pieces, you know, just to kind of stir the pot? Or, you know, are they really uh, trying to play directly into and bring about, you know, the Book of Revelation? Right,
2: right. And you could see it, like famine. What's going on right now? I mean, wheat production is basically almost stopped because of the war. The war itself is fabricated. Now we got all the meat processing plants burning down. You know, like, and 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 to the point of where you were talking about, uh, you know, blockchain, right? I just read an article the other day that said that the federal government doesn't think that blockchain is going to be able to work um, because it's not centralized yet, and and they're doing, you know, how like every time they do a drill. And when I say they, I mean the elite, these big drills, you know, event 201, or it just happened to happen three months later, all this stuff. Right now, their biggest drill that they're doing is cybersecurity and acting. And the drill um, is basically about um, all these major systems getting hacked. And I could not imagine that they're leaving the banks out of that, of that drill. And what they could do is, you know, this is my theory, is that they could destroy the banking system, right? Because mm-hmm. blockchain is not federalized that is, or centralized. That is their way to say, hey, this isn't safe unless we have control of it. And then that's their way to issue out this new cashless system.
0: Right. And they just said, the head of the Federal Reserve said, we're looking into a digital currency. So that was a real blink in an uh, admittance. I forgot the guy's name, but. They they're, these 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 things are ideas are percolating. I mean, and if you look in the kind of the model of the Masonic model of Ordo Abkeo, this chaos that they created, this inflation, they're gonna come out with control it with their own order and all this stuff. So the famine will create their own order, the finances will create their own order, this war will they'll come out with their own order, all centralized and all all abrogating the sovereignty of the individual really, which is really crazy. Like that's really what property ownership is. That's the core property ownership is sovereignty against the state. So,
2: But at this point, it's like, do we really own anything? Because you still, you can pay off all your, all your land and you would still be paying property tax. I think it was the buck, the buck act of, I don't know, some sometime in the mid 1900s basically showed that the, the federal government owns every square inch of the land in the United States. So that's basically why you do not you don't actually own anything. You're still paying taxes on the things that you think you own. Right. Even if
0: you own, oh, you're it's paying true. taxes. This is true, but you still have ownership. I mean, they, they have the state, I mean, they can eminent domain, but they haven't really gone after blazing blatant property theft at this point. Right. They've done little tech tact you know, tactics like like if you're a criminal, they'll take your money. If you're late on taxes, they'll try to take it. But a lot of this, I mean, even the 30-year mortgage, is a whole mortgage thing. You never really own your house you know, unless, unless you paid, unless you have no mortgage on there, which is very unusual. A 30-year mortgage is a total ripoff. You're basically <laughs> might as well be renting. Um, right. Grew value. But, I mean, it didn't used to be that way. My dad was able to pay off his house and pay, you know, his salary in proportion to a house. You could pay it off in three or four years, and the bankers have, have in, in the span of really one generation, turned it into uh stepping stone to Klaus Schwab's outlook, which is really bad, where you don't really, you kind of just are on the, you were kind of in a service world where you're, like you said, whether you're paying a car lease or a payment, you know, five-year payments, you're, you're, you, most people are, are, running to just kind of keep up with things to tread water, I suppose. That's yeah. True. What I find I mean, interesting
1: in our life. Go for it, bro. Oh, just most things in our life, you know, they at least have a loophole where something is seizable. I mean, even down here, right? if somebody doesn't uh, complain, can, uh, you know, accuse you of neglect, you, they can come take your kids, if you're found mentally, uh, you know, competent, right? They can come to your guns. If you fail to pay your taxes, they can come to your home. So, I think the preliminaries are there, and it's kind of set and pushed in that type of direction. It may not be, uh, you know, they may not be able to just walk in anywhere right now and take, take, take. But I think they are kind of setting up those, those ways to, uh, you know, and then of course, they get stricter and stricter as the years go on, and there's more and more loop. Whole added and and then of course at some point you know, they really will be able to just say okay wait you know national emergency right. you no know, your kids your house your money that's all ours but we'll give you a little bit back you know at a time just what you need or you know I don't think it's too festive of an idea and I think they're laying all the groundwork now right they're digging the trenches to lay the pipe
0: agreed totally agreed and in certain U S it's not as overt but in China with the social credit system. That's basically a, a devaluation of individual sovereignty beyond even communism. So, right. eliminate the amount of they, children they that someone that could have. Yeah, everything—what you make, what you do, where you work—I mean, communism really sees that there. It's a group mentality. There's no individuality.
2: Yeah, what's crazy too is that uh, China was not a part of the World Economic Forum until recently, I believe, like very recently. And their model, I think, is what the World Economic Forum is trying to base everything off of, you know what I mean? The, the whole social credit thing. Because like you said, that's they're trying to implement that here too. Right. And if they can do it here, they can probably do it anywhere.
0: And I think that that's the technology. There's a dual kind of impact about all the technology we have, our phones and stuff where... You can be tracked, you can be monitored, and they already monitored. I mean, I really think that it, the go, the government's control of the individual is so intense. That's why they can, Americans can't really even revolt because the government has all the information on everything they've done for their whole lives. So yeah. we're already kind of at that point of a social credit, not maybe an overt social credit, but somebody at the NSA can go back and tie your IS, what is it, your, ISDN, what's your number or your internet number to what you've looked at and what you know and get a good, probably a good approximation. I had an incredible event where I was looking for storage units to put some stuff and I was on my phone and I don't even have Facebook on my phone or anything and I got off Facebook and destroyed my Facebook page and then I went onto Facebook and they had ads for storage lockers. Like it was so unnerving. So there was nothing on my phone that is connected to Facebook.
2: Yeah, do you Google understand how
0: profound that is? Yeah.
2: Like yeah, they out
0: that information and put it up on Facebook. That's all so that, missions that, that
1: we're agreeing to. We download an app, right? I mean, we're agreeing to like cross platform data sharing at this point to where what you Google Facebook can see that whether you even have a Facebook connected account or not. You know, it's insane that that, right. our, that was crazy. Like I did with, not
0: have a Facebook connected account. So they knew exactly right. what I was doing on my phone when I went to my desktop which but it's kind of
1: one. makes sense because, you know, I have a son that plays video games. And so recently now, uh, you know, PlayStation, Xbox and PC, they can all kind of play across platform with one another, which was never I mean, there was ever that capability for a PlayStation person to play Call of Duty with the Xbox person. And especially a PC's. those lines are really starting to be blurred to where everything just connected to that same hive mind. Right. There's no, uh, you know. Your, your, your IP address and, uh, and your social security number. And, you know, I think we're going to start seeing the li- the lines get blurred in, in those numbers as well.
0: Right. And it's like the, f- the frog has been boiled, like we've become inured to it. And, and this is really about human sovereignty, like these jerks, Harari and Schwab, their sovereignty is very important, but yours is not. So that's kind of the neo-feudalist outline, Correct. which is... Nobody's going to tamper with their stuff, but they're going to control and know everything about you. Almost like a Philip K. Dick book. Like we're in the kind of scanner darkly, which actually is a very profound book and very religious in its foundation. And it's based on a statement within Paul that we see through a prism darkly. So but we're I mean, it's almost like it's just very eerie and creepy to see to be part of this generation where. Like people who read the book of Revelation a thousand years ago, you know, they probably are like, Wow, this is really strange. I yeah, wonder if this like, is, this is happen. <laughs> yeah, then we're, we're in the generation, like, it's just a matter of time before they say, You got to put a tattoo on your hand or your forehead. Right. Be part of this system. So, yeah.
2: Well, one thing I find extremely interesting about the WEF, it's like if you're a part of the WEF, you're not just like a WEF member. Most of these people, there's over 3,000 members, and most of these people, are like the top of the food chain guys of every single part of education, academia, uh, uh, you know, science, uh, the political sphere, every sphere you can think of all the top dudes are a part of the, and and women uh, are a part of the WF. A lot of banks are like, I think the leader of the uh, European central bank is a part of it. The the director of the IMF is a part of it. The, uh, the guy who, um, runs the uh, World Health Organization, is a part of it, right. like, yeah, and, and you know what?
0: Yeah, the guy who's the head of Pfizer is part of it, which is really scary. Yep. Like, these yep. guys are all chatting behind the scenes, not good. Yeah. yeah, and they have
2: a huge vaccine initiative. If you go into onto their website, they, they talk about it all the time on there. They're, they have plans to, you know, Orla. vaccinate basically 80 to 90% of the entire population. And I'm guarantee you that that small percentage is them who aren't vaccinated. That's the oh,
0: No doubt, I would definitely agree that there. A lot of those guys are not pro-vaccines. They've caught elites. I think the guy who was the head of the of the health organization in Spain got caught faking his vaccine status. Like they caught him with a forged document. So you had the head of like what what would be here the Health and Human Services, the head of that in Spain got caught faking his 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 vaccine passport. Which yeah. tells you like he knew like this is not uh this this thing is not that good for you. And I mean they're finding I think the new information about the vaccines is their efficacy is about 10% if that. Oh <laughs> I mean, oh it's yeah. It's so
2: crazy. Yeah, it's it's, it's, just, crazy. it's a joke, man. And it's you know like when you look at uh, Yuri Noah and what he talks about the vaccines he he simply says like straight out that The mRNA technology that is in these vaccines is what's going to permit a human being to be merged with a machine. So they're obviously putting more than what the the mainstream media, which is absolutely a non-credible source in the first place. But, you know, they're all trying to say, no, there's none of this in there. There's no nanotechnology in there. And it's like the dudes who are running the world are saying there are. So, right.
0: They found, some people have found very strange things in these, uh, they're not really vaccines, in these uh, shots. Yeah, these know gene editing. They're, yeah, they're gene editing, weird things going on. But uh, the same people who are telling you to put it on the news, if you watch Fox News, like I know somebody in my family who's like a, a rigorous Fox News watcher, and all the ads are run by Pfizer, and even the news show says brought to you by Pfizer. So, like, oh, wow. you're getting just pounded by this kind of world he- WEF global propaganda. It's incredible that people don't really wake up. And all these, the same people who are in the WEF, the same people who are running a lot of the corporate media. Yep. So, it's just totalism. It's really amazing that. And the governments and the, the, they don't, they're controlled too. So, it's very sinister. Like, you can only find the truth of like alternative media or something like that about really what's going on. The alternative media is probably saving millions of lives because they're the ones saying question all this stuff. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Where the other ones are just go get your vaccine, normal. And you can kind of like see, it's like, uh, you know, what is it? Night of the Walking Dead or some kind of weird thing where like you start talking to people, you can tell they just devour the corporate media hook, line, and sinker. And like, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy world right now. It's
2: really crazy. Yeah, you know what they do too is that they they manipulate and condition people so hard that they'll be like, oh, you know, they could tell you that 80% of the population in the United States is democratic, right? They could literally just repeat it over and over again. And there you go. People in the general public will start believing that. And then there's that divide where you got you know, it's people thinking that most people are Democrats and you got all this division and all this stuff. When in reality, it's, it's not even true. Right? You know what I mean? They can push so much stuff just through their corporate media yes. conditioning. And it's it's terrible, yeah. man.
0: Yeah. It's a massive hypno programming device. Very powerful. Like I, my understanding is that the actual kind of LGBTQ community is like less than five percent, if that. But they are predominantly in the media. Like people are being conditioned to think about transgenderism, gender fluidity, all these. They're still just the fact that those are in before the public's eyes is inuring them to it. Is is propagandizing them with all this and it's basically Luciferianism, Sodom and yeah. Gomorrah, evil type levels type stuff. But it shows the power of the the TV and the power of these guys have. And I think the actual Excuse the real. Support for the left in this country is really less than 35%. But I think through vote theft and propaganda, they come convinced the American public that it's actually
2: 50-50. Right. Absolutely. And well, that's what's sad. have also
0: done a beautiful...
1: They've also done a beautiful job blurring those lines between like politicians and Hollywood celebrities too. You know, you've got the characters Reagan and stuff that kind of not really possible, and uh, then you look at the character like now and how. Yeah, yeah I mean, true. seriously, yeah. yeah, he's WWE to uh, you know the yeah. stage. I mean, you know right. what's the difference? <laughs> right. You know, there's all yeah. these. Uh, there's all these other. uh just benefits to the agenda that have kind of come from, you know, like the pandemic, the pandemic boom and online shopping, right? That's that communer Co- consumer shift towards online everything the future of work arrives supply chain rebalance big pharma revolution portfolio restructuring a green recovery you know all these things were just made so much easier to implement you know of course just two weeks to flatten the curve and and I, we talked right. previously william too about operation warp speed I mean, it's obvious you know you can judge these uh Fruits, right? You can judge them by their fruits. And so uh, we just look at maybe what they're doing, compared to what they're saying. And it's always a very different story. But at the end, they're always going to tell you the truth. I mean, the, the plant, like Jeremy said, he pulled all this data directly from their website. Most the quotes that we've given today directly from Klaus Schwab you know, Ted talk quote with Bill Gates that, you know, you'll get fact checked to death if you try to post online. But I mean, it's there. It, it's, it's, right. it's exact as it matter. It's a fact checker said, well, that's not what he meant. That's what he said. Yeah. He's
2: like, they're you like, Oh, you're taking that out of context. I'm like, what would be the context of stating such a thing? There is no context for that. Like it's what he said is what he meant.
0: Right. And uh, somebody very important said by their acts, he shall know them. that's exactly true um so what's the significance of yeah what's the significance of 2030 like there's different like the agenda isn't there like the u.n isn't there an overlap between the wef and the u.n and agenda 2030
2: yeah absolutely i mean uh the u.n is the one in which was created by the rockefellers um but they Their plan, and I'm sure everybody remembered this like years ago, was Agenda 21. So that didn't fall through in time for them. So they partnered with the WEF because, remember, they got members from the UN involved with the WEF. So I think that they used the influence and the power and the money from the WEF, that that the whole organization to uh, come up with something that they felt was feasible to do with the technology that we have and are going to have by that time. So they ended up coming up with agenda 2030 collectively, UNN, the WEF. And I think that the, the whole point is that we might think that it's far fetched at this point, but they are so far advanced in technology. to what the, like the public has no idea. Like they are 50, 70 years ahead of us for sure. And. I mean, you can even tell by this this whole new Google AI, like the WEF is heavily invested in creating AI and using that as a dominant um, surveillance and tool for their new global agenda, right? For this new world they envision, the whole great great reset. And, um, you know, you can tell by this, this whole new acquisition that comes out that says that this AI is able to think and have emotions and appeal to be a sentient being who, and I'm pretty sure that it just got a uh, a lawyer to prove that in court, and the, and the lawyer agreed to it, right? Yeah. So this lawyer is going to represent this AI who has an argument that it's sentient and is a human being, right? So they have this technology. They have it to, to be able to implement their plans by their time but now we got to remember that these are all agendas this is what they're planning out this is what they want to happen by this time ultimately it's up to the lord god almighty he will allow what needs to be allowed for the fulfillment of prophecy but that doesn't mean that everything that they're trying to do is gonna be fulfilled you know what i mean
0: right but it's i mean true. we do
1: want to bring that focus back onto some form of hope and you know what we can do it's always a, a best to, to be proactive not reactive to these things. Uh, we don't urge anyone to live in fear, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, not. But yeah, the,
0: right.
1: all the goals and all these agendas that they are pushing, I mean, they're definitely they have a, a some sort of outside influence, right? Like a lot of these things just wouldn't be possible, you know, with a, a mere generation or two. So I mean, these these have to be old plans that are definitely you know They're getting down, you know, whether traditionally word of mouth through places like Bohemian Grove and these rituals that we see performed openly, you know, um, I mean, there's no coincidence, right, that they're passing their children through the fire, right? I mean, that biblically. you know, so I think that we do get a lot of those indicators that, yes, definitely this is uh, all part of a bigger plan and a bigger agenda. They'll give you the timelines. But but I would agree with Jeremy that that God is in control and uh, some of these things almost must be and we may not see that bigger picture. But uh, I do think it's important to know the enemy's plans. So I don't recommend anyone right. stays in the dark, but I don't recommend anyone spend all their time in the dark either. So, yeah, you do want to create a form of a balance, you know, and find some And right. we're normal with an answer that hope comes from.
0: Right. And I think maybe so, sometimes this technology is not your friend. And this high technology is, uh, there's always kind of a tension between kind of urban and rural in the Bible. And you can see that urbanization is somewhat synonymous with this kind of technological, you know, dystopia that's going on. And, you know, so you got to really be careful. One of the things that's not in the World Economic Forum is you don't see what's God's will, what's Christianity, Judaism, just any kind of religious thing. So this is their religion. This is the religion of the elite. I just posted something by James Musker, who... uh, wrote a book about the religions of the elite. I really highly recommend people check that out because this is some kind of like a man's, you know, babe babble or something like that is what they're trying to create.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of entities behind the scenes that are involved. Like Ephesians tells us we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. You know, we wrestle against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. And that's what we really need to understand about all this. Like there is no... I don't believe there's any probable or mathematical way that a small group compared to 7 billion people, this small elite group can control the entire world without help from these entities. So there is something spiritual behind it. And I think that one of their main focuses is the earth itself, like the worship of the earth, because everything that they're doing in these, plans at least to what they're telling us so i can't vet it but from what i can see because of what they're telling us they want to preserve the earth over man so they don't give a crap about you and me they want to get rid of us so that this whole big lie about climate change right it's the biggest money-making scam ever created
0: huge scam huge
2: yeah and they're using that as a crux uh to implement all these things and fear everybody that, you know, the sea levels are rising and we're destroying the earth. So we got to get rid of people and we got to preserve at least 30 to 40% of conservation in the earth. And what does that mean? That means that they're going, going to have to depopulate the world in order to, for it to become sustainable. And it's not sustainable to you and me, it's sustainable to them. They right. just need enough people because money is a huge factor. They just need enough people. On the earth to still produce money for them, they don't need all of us
0: until until the AI robots come into play, right? Then right. we're really going to be useless eaters,
2: right? I mean, that's really it's it. true. I mean,
1: yeah, we're almost the equivalent of like squatters in somebody's house, in their opinion, right? right? And so you, yeah. you can't get them out of the house. What do you do? You cut off the water. Oh, that didn't work. All right, let's cut off the power. Oh, that didn't work. Let's let's break in. I mean, there's it, we really are kind of being evicted from the earth. You know, I mean, if you look at the Georgia stones, I mean, it's made pretty clear there. You know, look, they, we have all these markers and index everywhere you look and all signs point to yes. But people would rather just not look up. Right. That's what, the, that's what Jill and Leo said. You know, don't look up. Don't listen to that. You know, don't don't worry about what's up there or over there. Look here. Pay attention to this. Here's Johnny Depp and Amber Heard.
0: Right. And there's always been population control. It's not a new thing. There's been like different things like the Romans when they conquered a land they would take the population and get rid of it or salt over it so nobody would come back there uh, so nothing would grow. So that was a form of kind of population control. They'd salt everything, tear down all the trees. Uh, A lot of the Crusades I think like the Fourth Crusade was a huge population ploy to get the population out of Europe and send them to to the Middle East, so they had these huge, kind of uh, groups of people just traveling there. Not all of them made it, but it was a real it was a real scam by the Pope, and I think the guy's name was Peter the Hermit to to depopulate Europe. Like they've done these tricks to like really call cool the herd. It's not unusual. I mean, and you can talk about World War II, which is a total. Oh yeah, uh, you get Margaret uh, Sanger. Sanger, oh, yeah. right? huge. Uh, Pel- yeah. Planned Parenthood is probably more successful than Hitler, I would right. say, if uh, the number of people who weren't born and we were talking about abortion. Abortion is in the news. But wow. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's there. It's there. It's been in the past. It's in the present. So people cannot be naive about that. We're at about 56 minutes, guys. Really great conversation. Thanks so much for joining me. Is there anything like you'd like to add? Anything I missed or anything you want to promote before we wrap it up?
2: Uh, yeah, um, I just wanted to say thank you so much for having us on the show. Uh, it's, it's an honor, man. And uh, if people want to get a hold of us, uh, you can email Brian at follower of the way right at Gmail.
1: Uh, follower of the way five. Okay.
2: G- all right, and uh, you know we just we encourage you to come check out our show, buy their fruits. You can find us on all the platforms. Um, if you want to get a hold of me personally. You can find me on Facebook. I have the Buy Their Fruits um, logo as my as my picture, so it's pretty easy to find. Um, but yeah, the last thing I think I want to say, and I'll give you some time, Brian, is that you know don't be afraid of any of these things. To me, this type of research is just fascinating, and when I when it comes down to it, it it, it helps me uh, with the Word of God, in, in the sense of I can see the Word of God coming alive in my own life by witnessing all these things. It, and it truly in this darkness makes God's light shine a lot brighter and how good our God is. And I'm, you know, very blessed to be on his team. So, uh, you know, just don't, don't get yourself into fear. You know, all things must come to pass. That will come to pass, but our hope is in Christ and we don't fear no man. The only one we fear is God. Amen.
0: Amen. Brian, how do you? Want I
1: agree that? with that completely. Uh, you know, I would just close off, you know, just agreeing with both of you, you know, it's, it's, clearly drawn out. We can see the game plan. we don't have to play into it when you and I talked previous silence of compliance. So be loud and proud, get out there, something, find something to be a part of that does uh, good, right. That helps widows and orphans and, and loving your neighbor as yourself. Right. And then um, mm-hmm. we can all start to see the, we can have our own tipping points, right. So uh, just like they have a goal and a plan and know what their next move is. That's just that uh us as believers and, and just people do the same.
0: Amen. Amen. So it's Bryant McCullough, Jeremy Stone, and state your podcast again. I'll put that podcast link in the show notes, at least to iTunes yep. or Spotify. See it again.
1: So that's directly from uh, Matthew 720, right? Where we're by their fruits, you should know them. So you can uh, buy their fruits on all the platforms. Uh I have a new show with a wife called Beauty of the Beast. I think we're going to have Jeremy and his wife on too uh, here soon. So yeah, just post it. We're going to do a lot of stuff and just try to uh, keep cranking out these shows and, and hope out there, right? So uh, we're just going to uh, be the neighborhood hope dealers.
0: Awesome. Well, good luck with everything. Buy their fruits of the podcast. Again, Brian McCullough and Jeremy Stone, thanks so much for your time.
1: Thank you. All right. God bless. All
0: right. Stay there. Stay there.